And that's certainly the prayer of our hearts tonight. Luke 24, beginning with verse 44. Luke 24, 44. And he said unto them, this is Jesus speaking, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be should be preached in his name among all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Been thinking about that word tarry all week long. In fact, uh, I think it was uh, Sunday night I was speaking with uh, Brother Dave Stellick and, and uh, I asked him, what's the difference between tarry and wait? And in his wisdom, he said, let me think about it. And so I says, okay, do I tarry here and, and wait for an answer or do I go home and wait for you to call me? So tarry in my mind means to Stick around, to stay there, to, to, to work at something till you find an answer. Now, as a young boy of around 11, I had some chores to do. And I'm going to try to give a little illustration to you on what Terry means to me. One of my chores was to go out and milk the cow. And it was seemed like it was a mile out there, but it wasn't that far. But it was really dark, and there was one little light bulb hanging up there, and it was cold and windy. But that was my job. So what I would do, I would go out to the porch, and I'd pick up that, that bucket, and I would head out to the barn. And I'd get out there, and sometimes the old cow would be tarrying at the door of the barn, waiting for me so because she knew she could come in and get that big bucket of grain and some nice fresh hay. But sometimes she wasn't tarrying at the door. She'd be out in the field someplace, you know, eating grass like they do. But I would holler at her, you know, the old come boss thing. And, and uh, you know, here a while back, I, I made mention in a sermon about we called like that. When we wanted a cow to come in, you said, come boss. And somebody was unhappy with that because they thought that was their grandpa's special name to call a cow. I looked it up on Google, of course, and found out that apparently the Latin word for cow is boss. So that's how that happens. But anyway, uh, I, I would call her and she would come in. I'd open the door. She would go right up to the, <clears throat> the manger, put her head through the stanchion, You'd lock it in place so she wouldn't walk off on you when you were milking. And then I'd take that bucket and I'd set it underneath her and stand there and wait. No, that's not what happened. Did it work for you if you did that? No. 
you could stand there and wait all day long, and that bucket would just sit there, and the cow would go ahead and eat her grain and stuff. But it took some work. It took some effort. You'd grab the old little one-legged stool and sit on it and put the bucket in your knees, and you start squeezing away, and, and you get going away. And then after those two were dry, then you go to the other two, and you work on it. And then when that was done, we did another special thing to kind of strip it out, get the last bit of milk out. So it didn't just happen. It was a job. It took effort to get those results. So then we'd let her out, and then we'd go into the house, and uh, Mom would take that milk. She had a big gallon jug of, of some kind of big mouth on it, and she'd put a, a cheesecloth over it and pour the milk through that to filter out all the chunks that weren't supposed to be in the milk. And, and then it would set in the refrigerator all night. So she was anticipating of me to bring that in. She was tearing, waiting for me. We put that in the refrigerator. And then I didn't wait. I didn't tarry. I didn't worry about it. It just sat in the fridge overnight. In the morning, there was about two or three inches of cream, big old thick cream on top of that milk. And we do that for a few days, and we take that cream out, and then... When we got the cream all ready to go, we take the cream and put it in one of these things called a butter churn. And I was about, anybody here at 11 years old? Do we have anybody here that's 10, 11, 12 years old? Would you like to crank this thing for me? Would you like to come up here and turn this? That's okay. Sure, come on up. You come right on up here. You want to just go ahead and crank that hand. Is that easy? Yeah, okay. Thank you. That's good. So it was. You put the, the, the cream in there, you start cranking, and it was easy. It was kind of fun. You hear that stuff sloshing around in there, and you start cranking, but you know, after a while, you got tired. Your arm got tired. You use the other arm a while. Then you'd sit on the floor and put it between your knees. Then you put it on the table and sit on a chair or stand beside it. But you had to keep working. You had to keep going, one arm after the other arm. Whatever position I was in, I had to keep working. And then it seemed like the farther you went, the longer you went, the tighter you got, the harder it got. It got stiff and it started stiffening up. But you had to keep working to get the results. I had to tarry there. No matter how tired I was, when my neighbor... Pete Gazee would come down and wanted to go play. I said, I'm sorry, I, I have to tarry here until I get this done. And then in the meantime, many times, Mom was in the kitchen, just not far away, and she'd been baking some bread. And she had to tarry until that yeast rose and all the whatever she did there. But about the time I got the butter all churned, boy, there was that aroma of fresh baked bread. It just penetrated the whole house. It was such a thrill to, to, to know that something good was going to happen. She'd take that out, take the butcher knife and cut off a big old thick piece on the end. I got the heel every time. I loved that. Take that fresh butter, put it on that fresh baked bread, still warm, fresh strawberry jam all over it, and all the thrill, the thrill of eating that, that just tasted so good. 
and it even makes me hungry now. <laughs> but the taste was so well worth the tarrying. The taste was so well worth the effort it took to get those results. There in Luke, where we read it, said that I will send a promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem. Tarry until. Tarry until you be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany. He lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Now picture yourself standing there in your sandals, standing there with Jesus talking to you, lifting up his hands and blessing you. And it came to pass while he blessed him, he was gone. He parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Can you imagine the thrill? The thrill of staying there with Jesus and seeing this happen, knowing that he went back up to heaven to be with heaven with God. And it says, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Wouldn't you too? It doesn't say that they went off someplace to decide to go fishing. They didn't decide to, to go home and watch their favorite TV show or check their phones or see if they had a message. It says they returned to Jerusalem and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Can we focus on that? They worshiped him. They returned to Jerusalem and were continually in the temple. Tarry until ye be endued with power. And they were continually in the temple. As I read this, I, I, I just kept going over and over my mind. And sometimes maybe my thoughts are different than others. But I thought, Terry, be vigilant. Be anxiously awaiting for something. What is it that you want? What is it that you pray for? What is it that you feel like you need from God? Are you waiting at the door? Are you out in the field waiting for someone to call you to come in? Do you hear him calling? You know, there's grain in the manger. There's victory at the altars. We don't just come to the altar and sit down and say, okay, Lord, I'm here. Bless me, I pray. It's work. It, it takes some effort to pray. It takes some effort to keep praying. To keep on praying. I mean, you just sit there and you kneel there and your knees hurt and you gotta move this way and you gotta be, right? You just, you know, the enemy will put all kinds of distractions, all kinds of things. And if you got a phone in your pocket and it buzzes, you feel like you gotta look at it, don't you? But they, but God said, tarry until you be endued and they were continually in the temple. You know, it's not impossible. But I want to say something here. I love you guys. All of you. God is real. God has something special for every one of us. But have you ever heard of anyone that tarried in the narthex and got their baptism? 
You ever heard of anybody tearing out in the hallway when they needed their baptism and they were tearing out there and they got their baptism? Where is it that most things like that happen? When you tarry at the altar. Amen? The gospel is serious business. You look at the world today and you know that things probably won't continue on much longer. It sure doesn't look like it. And we want to be ready no matter what. We want to be ready. No matter the distractions, no matter anything, we want to be ready. We want to have the full armor on. Over in Habakkuk, over in Habakkuk, I want to read something from there. Little book in the back of the Old Testament, chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. And the Lord answered me. You know, during this time, there were Habakkuk, there's a lot of problems, lots of problems. And, and, and Habakkuk was saying what the problems were, and then God was answering them. And here it said, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it surely, it will surely come, it will not tarry. You need an answer from God? Tarry. Wait for it. It shall come. God is true to his word. In Acts, it talks about them being gathered together, right? And all together in one place. As that one song says, uh, together, together. I love that, those words. And what was filled, what part was filled? All the house where they were was filled. You ever think about the people that were outside? They missed out? The people that maybe went home early or whatever happened? It says those that were there, that said they were sitting, but those that were there were filled. They tarried. They knew this. They knew what to do and they were doing it. Just like the old butter churn, I don't care how long I sat and looked at that thing, it wouldn't work until you cranked the handle, until you put some effort to it. And I pray tonight that We'll put effort in finding what God has for us. If you need to be saved, it's there. Tarry until. You need your sanctification? Tarry until. You need your baptism? Tarry until. Until what? Until you get it. I mean, what else can you say? Don't tarry until you want it, because you want it. Don't tarry until somebody else gets it. Submit yourself to the Lord and tarry until you get it. When I first started coming to this church, I was fortunate that I didn't know a lot of things. But I just believed it. I had gotten saved. I came to camp meeting. And, and it was, what a thrill. I mean, the music, I thought, they're all professionals. I mean, it was just fantastic to listen to that music. I'd never heard anything like it in my life. And then the prayer meetings. Wow, I, I didn't, it was all new to me. I read the tracks. I prayed and I found out it was real. 
And that very first Thursday night at camp meeting, I was praying at one of the chairs over there at the, at the tabernacle. And I can remember thinking, I'm saved. And they're talking about something called sanctification. I, I, I thought it was for preacher's kids or something. I, I, I didn't know what it was. But I read the tracts and I prayed. And I prayed and said, Lord, if it's for me, I want it. And I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever. Anytime you want me to do it, I'll do it. And right there at that chair, about the third one in, the Lord sanctified me. I tarried there until something happened. That was Thursday night. And then Friday night, Brother Bob Downey and his brother Bill and I were going to go out after church and had some activities planned. And so church was over. We went down and prayed a little while. Walked out the side door. We were going to go do our thing. And a friend met me out there. And she says, why don't you go back in and get your baptism? I wasn't even sure what it was. I had no idea. I don't think, I don't ever remember anyone ever speaking in tongues before. I, I, I never saw any of that happen. But when she said, why don't you go back in and get your baptism? I didn't know what to say. I was an outsider. I, I didn't know these people. But I went back in and I started praying. And I started praying. And pretty soon, I forgot about Bill and Bob. I forgot about all those other things. And it was, I, I think it was around midnight or so, finally, when I actually prayed through. I actually got something I didn't really even know what I got. But I was praying, Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do. I just reconsecrated my life. I, I was going to submit myself to God and say, no matter what, no matter what my family says, no matter what my old friends say, I'm going to pray through tonight. And it happened, folks. It happened because I tarried until... And I urge you tonight, tarry until you have the answer. God will answer your prayer. His pr he promises that he will. Let's stand and sing number 331, but don't worry about the song. Let's pray and let's tarry until something happens tonight.